We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another BuzzFeed episode. As always, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the feedback. Reviews. If you haven't already, let us know how we're doing, what you guys like about our show on Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us on Spotify, and we're going to get into this. This is Richie, and I'll be joined by Brian today for another film-related episode. We are doing this on Brandon Miller's rookie season up to this point. I know that the Hornets basketball season is not going the way that, uh, well, maybe maybe it's going the way that we thought it would, but it's not going in a positive direction. But we will highlight uh, his play on both ends of the court, both ends of the ball, mostly positive stuff, but we'll, we'll point out some negatives as well. As well, BG, how's it going? I see that uh, your college basketball stuff is starting to kind of ramp up and some of your content is popping up in my feed recently. So I'm, I'm assuming you're enjoying a little bit of a distraction, a little bit of a break from Hornets basketball. Yeah, I will say, you know, I still watch every Hornets game, um, but there's like less uh, urgency to get to every game, which is good um, because I uh, means more time in the like short to intermediate uh, to watch a lot of college games um, and then just kind of like get to the Hornets games when I can. Um, so yeah, very much enjoying, uh, enjoying the college season and, and yeah, like conference plays pretty much and has been in full swing for about a week and a half, two weeks now. Um, it was on hand, uh, two days ago, Saturday, to see a pretty fun game, uh, between Duke and, uh, and Georgia Tech. So a lot of that, um, and always means the next two months go by really, really quickly. Um, and it's going to be hard to believe that by the time, you know, the NCAA tournament rolls around. The Hornets are still going to have basically another month in their season, too. It's just always like a little hard to believe. There's a ways to go for Charlotte here. Yeah. And I know this content isn't for everyone. Um, I, I know that some people don't necessarily care about some of this on the court film stuff. And especially given the way that this you know team is headed, the direction that it needs to go, there's definitely bigger issues at play. And, and we'll definitely talk about that stuff. But I, I kind of enjoy talking about this because this is a point in which we can kind of highlight Brandon Miller even though, like I said, there will be some negatives that we talk about, this mostly will be a positive podcast, Brian. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I think, yeah. I mean, I think Miller, despite some of the recent struggles, um, has been a bright spot in his rookie season. Um, he shot it well from three. He's been, I think, solid on, on both sides of the court. And uh, there are a lot of indicators to sort of like buy into him being a a core piece uh, moving forward, which we can uh, go into a little bit more uh, detail here. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and queue up the, the clip here and talk about what's happening on the screen. And there's going to be an audio version, video version. As you guys are watching this, it's much easier to kind of picture what's going on. But we're going to narrate what's going on here. The first clip that we do is actually our only defensive clip of the bunch. And to kind of set the stage here, it's the Hornets versus the Magic. Hornets are down 98-94 with about 9 minutes and 45 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. And we have played it a couple times through on the screen, but we'll talk about it here as the the Magic are kind of in this five-out alignment with Cole Anthony on the ball at the top of the key. And we've got Brandon Miller defending him. And you see this ghost screen come up by Harris. He passes the ball to Paolo Bencaro. Uh, The pass comes right back to Anthony. And then this is where the possession starts to flow. And so you've got Paulo with the uh, the screen right here on Brandon Miller. And then you've got PJ, who is Paulo's man, dropping back a little bit, trying to contain both guys as the uh, possession progresses. Brandon Miller almost falls over here. Uh, but but Anthony's going to make this skip pass to Franz Wagner in the left corner of the screen here as Bridges is basically, you know, two feet in the paint. And he has to close out to the to the right side, tries to force him baseline. I think this is where we should start to note some of the good stuff by by Brandon Miller. Because of the drive here, PJ does kind of have to leave Paulo a little bit. And while Brandon Miller is on the backside of Bancaro, at least the presence there probably prevents the magic from making this this pass, make him second guess it. And it's, it's just not worth it to try to fit it into this tight space right here. But it doesn't end here. Um, as you can see, everyone's be able to get back to their man. And then you've got Miller, who feels like he's in no man's land because Cole Anthony has drifted behind the arc. He's able to jump this pass, anticipate it, and, and take it the other way. So uh, what, what do you see from this clip here? What sticks out to you? And to be honest, like Franz is a good passer. Like you don't see a lot of these... You know, maybe there's a little bit air under the pass, but I think you got to give a lot of credit to Brandon Miller here. Yeah, I mean, and Franz like on a second side pass too. You know, which you know he's getting to kind of uh, go against a, a rotating defense. I do think I know we're talking about Brandon Miller on this play, but like I do think a lot of stuff kind of starts with PJ. Like you have PJ in the drop, which which you noted, Richie, and we we've seen that uh, with them having to play PJ at at five this year. Some. Um, and you've got kind of a small ball and small ball lineup here. And by him putting him in the drop uh, and not switching that action, uh, you know, you keep that initial ball screen. You keep Miller from uh, having to take uh, Bancaro in the post, which I think is one of the the weaknesses is just of Miller defensively is when he gets matched up against a guy like, uh, you know, ben- Bancaro that's just got like a size and, and strength uh uh, advantage there but then also pj's help on the, the the wagner drive is like really really good too um i think he kind of helps uh bridges get back in the play but i think my first thoughts here on miller um are for a rookie are just like this is just one play of you know hundreds thousands whatever this year um 
of him sort of like rotating defensively, and he just hits his marks on that side of the court, uh, which is why I feel well that along with sort of like the measurables as a you know six nine, you know long wing, um, are I you think there's a lot of uh, stuff to buy into in terms of Miller as a long term functional NBA uh, defender um, because he's got great size at a position of need. Um, and again, he's often rotating around and in the right place and make sure that there's no obvious drop-off pass from Franz to, uh, to Paolo for a, for a dunk or a layup on this play. Um, I think if you, to start back at the top, though, the first thing, you, the, the second thing I probably notice uh, is, is him getting you know, uh, crumpled on the screen by Big Carroll. I think overall, um, you know, Miller's screen navigation has been pretty good. Um, we've seen him go against smaller, you know, quick guards uh, like a Cole Anthony, and um, usually does a pretty good job, you know, staying attached. Uh, this time, though, Bancaro probably gets the best of him. We've talked about. I mean, look, Paolo is a tank, obviously, but uh, we do. We've talked about you know Miller's need to get stronger and how that would really go a long way for him on the offensive side of the court. I'm sure this will come back up again later in the pod, but. Like it would be a boon for him at the point of attack defensively, you know, fighting over getting through screen, some added strength there too. But uh, for him to stick with the play, hit his spots, and then to be able to shoot the gap um, when uh, when Wagner tries to, you know, tries this diagonal skip, um, it's a great play. Like it's multiple efforts here by Miller, and uh, and him just sort of hitting his notes all throughout it uh, that that strike me the most. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> it's interesting, too. I know this is a defensive clip, but he loses the ball here after getting the steal and yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit of the strength yeah. issue here where, where Cole Anthony just comes through and rips it from him. So it is a positive play forces the turnover, but in the end uh, they, they can't make anything from it. So um, yeah, I guess we could talk a little bit about his defense, just kind of generally speaking overall, because yeah. you started mentioning it. Um, I, I think he's a very 
eager defender. I think he's a guy that wants to be in the right spot. You know, he has good awareness, good rotations, like you're mentioning. He's typically around the ball. He wants to make contests. He wants to use his length to his advantage. And I, I do think, you know, this kind of goes without saying, but I think his strength obviously is his biggest deterrent in terms of, you know, how good he can be on that end of the court. I, I think, you know, one way that would benefit him would just be the ability to knock players off their path on drives. I think sometimes, you know, this is just me kind of like making a guess here. He doesn't want to initiate any contact because he knows that could probably do more harm than good for him. And so he just wants to slide his feet. But the problem is like you can only deter somebody so much by just kind of, you know, try to getting in front of him and try to turn him. But I do think his eagerness and his enthusiasm to play defense you know, jumps out to me in a variety of ways. And uh, obviously it, it does hurt him in some situations where he's a little bit overeager on closeouts. He so badly wants to make a play to make this contest or this block that he will often go too hard. And and sometimes his closeouts are kind of on the wrong side of shooters. Like if, if you're trying to, you know, block the middle and force him baseline, a lot of times get guys get on the inside of him and, and they can go middle. Uh, the screen navigation, like you said, for the most part is good. Uh, but at times when he gets a little bit over eager, like he's just running so hard, he runs into the screener's chest. He doesn't avoid them. But, you know, you see it with him like being around the ball, chase down blocks, his rotations, his awareness to me for a rookie are, are really good. So I, I do enjoy that aspect of Brandon Miller, just that awareness, enthusiasm, and just the effort that he wants to play with on that end of the court. That's that takes them a long way. I think the physical stuff needs to come later. Yeah, I think having the mentality is like the starting point, and that's great. Certainly the his his size and frame, but you put that together with um, with the willingness, with the commitment on that end. And again, I think you have uh, a guy that long term projects as a, a like a really solid uh, you know wing defender. I think it's safe to say he's been. The, the team's best, you know, perimeter defender this season. Uh, maybe that's not saying a lot, just given the team personnel. Um, but but I think he's in, in I, I mean, just the, you know, Cody Martin having not played enough games probably to sort of like really make consideration there. <clears throat> uh, you mentioned the, 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 uh, his eagerness to play. I think overall that's a win and you can see it. Um, on on the like you can see it when you watch him play. Obviously, sometimes he gets that probably pushes him into committing some fouls. And he this you know Brandon Miller does commit fouls defensively at a at a pretty high rate. But I do think some of that is you know matchup dependent. You know who he's ha- who he's being asked to guard. Him trying to compensate for the uh, some of the strength limitations and some of that just being like him need- needing to tighten up some stuff along with. Uh, along with the like pairing that with the eagerness like it's great that he wants to close out but sort of like thinking about positioning footwork angles that type of stuff like once that clicks into place he has the chance to be an even better defender on that side of the court which is great like it's good now that he is a good defender but i think there's like low-hanging fruit for him to sort of like pick up um, and become that much better on that side of the floor and there's just really like not that many guys you can say that about um on on Charlotte's roster, you know, right now or sort of like historically within the last handful of seasons. And it's like it's worth mentioning too, like you cause just because you touched on the chase down blocks, like I did feel like early this season that was kind of becoming like a defining thing for him. 
Um, he does he does not get a lot of steals. He blocks a fair amount of shots. That was true at Alabama too, where he blocked. He I mean he was probably close to a block a game at at, at Alabama, an over two percent block right there, which like doesn't maybe doesn't seem like much, but for a wing, it's like pretty solid. So and I think well I think you're seeing that translate to Miller um, in the in the NBA too. Yeah. And he also is the team leader in charges, if that if that means anything to anybody. But uh, we're going to go ahead and transition over to the offensive end. I, I know that uh, defense is important, like we're mentioning, but offense to me is just kind of more appealing to talk, talk about. And from the viewer standpoint and listener standpoint who's listening to this, uh, we're going to get to a, I think, four clips on the offensive end. And we'll go ahead and uh, cue this one up here. This second clip is against the Kings midway through the third quarter. Uh, we won't mention the score here, but uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is something that Charlotte likes to do with this like cross screen action on the low block for Bridges. And I think if uh, Rozier was entering the ball here, he would be an option as a guy that you know with Richards maybe flipping the screen and doing this like wiper action where Terry comes back to the ball. But this is Ishmith. Ishmith enters the ball to to Bridges. And both him and Richards are looking to set a kind of like a cross screen for Miller who can catch this ball and, you know, fire right away here. You know, there's there's a lot to talk about on this play, but it's it's, it's very simple in the same way. I think that what helps Brandon's case here is that there is space to cut. And I think he does set up his man, Murray, um, to kind of get him off balance just a little bit. And you can't go through the motions. I, I think that's something that Brandon Miller doesn't do like. He, he puts forth the effort. I know that seems something very small, but just kind of jabbing as if he's going to cut. And we've seen that so far in his rookie year where he doesn't go through the motions. He takes every little space that he can and he runs, you know, his man off his teammates. He's able to catch, fire, shoot. He's a very good um, player in terms of like release time to me. I know he's got a very, you know, elongated, you know, arms here because he's he's long, but I think he can catch, turn, and fire uh, very, very quickly. So, you know, there's not much more I want to add to this, but I just think setting up Murray like they, right there before he comes off those screens <laughs> is something that's probably the most important thing to be talked about here. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, first off, this is one of my, like, favorite this – is, this is from a recent game. This is probably one of my favorite, like, movement sets uh, the last, like, month or so with Miller or just in terms of – you know, how clean all of this looks. Uh, this is pretty textbook stuff from the Hornets, like box set, and they're going to either cross screen or slice, you know, bridges to the post. Um, if Hayward's playing, they'll they'll use him in, in this capacity. They can do some with PJ too. This was something that, I don't know, four or six weeks ago when we did a, uh, when Spencer and I did an episode, we talked about trends that we were seeing throughout the season. I talked about just how much the Hornets were initiating out of the post and the, the games without Lamelo, um, and just doing a, you know, a little bit less pick and roll stuff, but um, in in Bridges and Hayward were sort of like the catalyst for for the for those initiation um, options. But like you mentioned, Miller, like the way he sets um, the way he sets this up because it does look like he could you know try to go you know like you know diagonal cut and try to get a look from uh, from from Bridges you know going to the to the rim. And so he's able to plant, come off uh, the Ish Smith screen. And I guess Richards ends up sort of like slipping, slipping, yeah. slipping the screen on, on Keegan. But Murray's already trailing behind the play. You know, Ish does a nice job sort of like 
spinning a little bit while he sets that. It's a nice screen by Ish and, and Miller. Just the length, the, the way he's able to, he spends most of this track coming over the screen, like inside the arc. Then the way he's able to like get out from like the slot to the wing and then get back behind the arc and to do that in one fluid motion, spin on that inside right foot, you know, clean catch, clean shoot. Like this looks gorgeous. And I mean, I, I have always like stayed away as much as possible from like the the Paul George comparisons for I think for obvious reasons, just because like Paul George is such a special player and you have to be to be to actually be as good as someone like Paul George, you have to it's really, really hard to be a wing that doesn't really pressure the rim all that much, but has basically been like a top 12 to 15 player in the NBA for like a decade now. So like I was, again, there's reasons why because like George is like the, the absolute like apex of this, like archetypal, you know, gravity bending wing um, that can give you some, some pick and roll creation too. But like, what I will say is that Miller does strike me as someone that has watched a lot of Paul George film because like, this is, this is like a PG look like that. That's exactly what that is. Um, and in Georgia shot the ball well coming off screens or pretty well coming off screens this season. He shot it very well off the catch. Uh, he is above 38% on catch and shoot threes this season, um, which is like right around where he is just in terms of three point percentage overall. No, no real surprise given the, given like what the majority of his three point looks are, are going to look like. All right, we will get into clip number three, the second offensive clip, and we'll set this clip up here as they are playing the Timberwolves at home. It's a close game in the fourth quarter. This might be my favorite clip of the bunch here, and we will talk about it. It ultimately ends in a miss, so, you know, Mm -hmm. I still think it's a positive. There's a lot to like about Miller in this sequence, and Miller has been known, uh, you know, as a movement guy, and I think here is like, Movement shooter is one thing, but to continue to move on the offensive end is another thing. And so he gives the ball up. Like there's a lot of, I mean, first off, Conley does a very good job on this possession. I think he's very active. He makes Miller continue, continually move. And Miller makes, you know, Conley work on the defensive side too. So it kind of works both ways. But after giving the ball up initially, he kind of comes off this little flare screen from Mark Williams. You know, the pass really isn't there. Kyle Anderson is kind of in the, uh, the general vicinity as well. And so then they do clear out that side and then he comes off this little pin down. And then again, Conley, like I said, he just is forcing everything on the defensive side of the court. He comes over the top of this screen and is basically trailing him. And he, and he definitely feels him. Like, so I've, on his hip, I'm sure Brandon Miller feels that. And he knows that if he's going to come over the top, there's going to be a space in between. So he curls this. Now, obviously you've got one of the best shot blockers right here with Rudy Gobert. To be honest with you, there's like three options. You can try to take it all the way. I'm not sure that's the best way to do this. You can try to maybe go for an alley-oop here with Mark Williams. Yeah, that's what I would like. Okay. Honestly, that I think that's what I would probably, at least when it's like frozen here. But but Gobert changes everything. So, you know, continue. Yeah, no, no. I was going to say, like, I don't mind the floater. I don't mind the floater. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he probably is like second guessing himself in terms of what kind of arc he needs to put on it. But just the constant movement here, Brian, I love and just the process is good, even though it ends in a miss. So, yeah, potentially there could be an alley-oop, but definitely I think the second best option would be this little floater. 
And I don't think he's necessarily been that great in the floater range, like just outside the restricted area this year. Um, but I think the process is good for him. I really like this this look. Um, and, you know, you see at the start, they run like a little like wide action uh, to get Miller going. And then it flows into something we've seen the Hornets do a lot this season, which is sort of like almost like an extended like high post elbow touch for one of the front court guys, Bridges or or Hayward or, or PJ again. And then like after Miller comes off this flare screen, you know, they could like they initially it looks like they're set up for like a staggered, like strong look for the for that double screen for, for Rosier. Oh, yeah. Do, yeah, yeah. They'll do that, they'll do that some too. Sometimes they'll do like a you know a little twirl action or, or Boston action, whatever you want to call it, where Miller and Rozier will sort of like twist around one another and then one of them will shoot off of the the pin down from the five. Um, and in this in this sense, they end up, like you mentioned, Richie, sort of emptying out the corner. Rozier clears to the left side of the court. And now this becomes a, a two-man action with uh, with Miller uh, and Williams getting to this empty side pin down. What's like, I'd love to see more of that type of stuff. Like I want to, hopefully these guys can get healthy and, and, and play more. I know Mark hasn't played an, ex- an extended period of time now. Um, but like, this is a big part, like this kind of stuff is a big part of Charlotte going forward. Like this type, this this type of detailed choreographed movement set, what Miller is able to do in it, both as a scorer and as a passer, his ability to attack multiple coverages, and then like where the chemistry is between he and Mark Williams on if you get two on the ball when he comes off that off that that empty side pin down. Then what's what are the passing reads? Is it there? Can you connect? Um, and I mean, you highlighted this, but this is like, I mean, this is just perfect defense by Minnesota too. Like, this is such good execution. They're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. But you even see here at the end, like Conley veering back to get to Williams, so that yeah, there's no, it's you know, like and he, and he ends up. Not only does he like you know box him out, but even before that, like. It would be tough for probably Mark to get if there was a time and place where like Miller could have thrown the lob. It had to be like now, and Williams probably gets out of his break like a little too late. Like Williams, like first step is almost like a half step back away from the rim after he sets the pin down, and like really you need him to like immediately come like he needs to be like out of that now. You know, like get, starting to get downhill, and his first step is going to be away from the rim. Um, you mean you mean, you mean Mark Williams can't space to the corner here? He cannot. He cannot. And, you know, PJ's setting this screen, yeah. and you know, PJ's absolutely gonna 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 pop to the the right corner and and really put some pressure on 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 Gobert in the in in the drop. Um, but yeah, look at like Williams should be. I mean, there's just he's he's behind the play, and this is eventually going to give Conley enough space to be able to pass Miller off to Gobert, and then and then veer back to. Uh, to Williams and Gobert had the Hornets like geeked out in this game. He does that to most teams. Like p- people see him in the restricted area, and all of a sudden, like shots get you know contorted, they get altered. He, um, the dude, is a menace. Like he's he's an incredible defensive center. He can do basically he can do pretty much a little bit of everything. But like he's especially good in this uh, this drop center 
uh, role. But yeah, we'd just love to see a more aggressive dive by by Williams to, to maybe perhaps at least give Miller a better passing option. Because like Miller can make these looks. And one of the recent game out in Phoenix, semi-recent game out in Phoenix, um, it was a different type of set. But Richard set like a like a veer pin down screen for Miller coming out of the left corner. Miller curled it and then threw the it wasn't like a pretty lot pass, but got two on the ball through the through a lot back to Richards. Richards caught it, um, brought it to the floor and then and then scored. So it's like Miller can make those looks. Um, I would just like to see uh, see a little bit more of it. And then yeah, you like you just see some of the finishing limitations because he takes a lot of shots in this sort of like tough short mid-range floater zone area over a quarter of his shots this season 26 percent are, are coming in that area that's you know four to 14 feet um from the rim uh he's only shooting 36 percent on those looks according to cleaning the glass so like he's got to get a little bit better there especially because if he's never going to be like a pure downhill you know rim pressure guy then he's got to have like he's got he's just got to be nails from all the other spots on the court, especially from three. But um, <clears throat> you know, long mid range, short mid range, those have got to be those have got to become tighter too. But just I think you see his reliance on those types of shots because he doesn't quite have the like final gear to get all the way to the rim and finish or create contact or whatever. Um, and then just some of the other sort of like strength limitations. It's not like a super like confident look, but I love the movement from him. I love these kinds of sets and would love to see more of those types of interactions between Williams and Miller, because like that's a template for offense for the Hornets going forward. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine just like the act, the activity there with Miller, like he never settles. It feels like his feet are just constantly, constantly moving and, and then, like, when you get all the way to the end and you have Gobert just standing there right in front of you, it's like, <laughs> yeah. man, I've, I've exhausted myself all the way to this point to where I've got to either make a, a play to, to Williams or make a floater, and um, he comes up a little bit short on the play. So, all right, clip number four here, the third offensive clip. Uh, this one is probably the least involved, but I just kind of wanted to use it to highlight his shooting ability, his his range on his shot. Uh, you mentioned Phoenix. Was this the Phoenix game that you were referring to? This okay. was this was the game, and this was actually from the same half. Okay. Uh, this was another, like, movement set uh, that they got. Yeah, I, I can go ahead and just yeah. tee this one up here. Like, you see the Hornets start out. They looks like they're going to run, like, a wide action between uh, with, like, Richard screening for PJ uh, in kind of, like, the left slot area. PJ refuses it, and then Miller trails – um, I mean, this is like a, you know, sort of like early offense, you know, design, you know, look or read. But yeah, you go from uh, Richards looking like he's going to screen. Okay, and then instead, he ends up sort of like veering down to the corner to set the pin down on on Eric Gordon for Miller. And then, yeah, this is just like, I mean, it's a, it's an, it's a nice job by uh, uh, by Richards here. Uh, Gordon tries to get over the top, pass gets through. And, uh, you know, Miller can just sort of use his, like, length advantage to to still get the shot up above, uh, you know, Eric Gordon. But, yeah, just the footwork, the timing, um, the release, the touch. Like, again, this is sort of like what I think of as, like, bread and butter type stuff for uh, for Miller. And it's awesome that you can do this type of movement stuff with him, um, you know, as a rookie. Yeah, and, you know, Gordon gets hung up a little bit on Richards. And 
I was almost nervous that Richard was going to set another illegal screen, just the way that he was kind of like shifting at the last <laughs> second. So he does. It is. It is part of his. Uh, it, it is just like a part of his game at this yeah, point. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't get enough contact on him, but he makes you know Gordon kind of change his path. It's interesting how Gordon tries to like shoot the gap and take away the angle here, and then just yeah. Brandon just extends the range a little bit and, and makes it a little bit more difficult for Gordon to kind of close that gap. And this is something that I pinpointed before, and I kind of mentioned on the previous clip, but such an underrated skill of Brandon is his ability to catch, rise, and turn all in one motion. Mm -hmm. And so, like, obviously he's not square when he catches this ball. And, you know, some players need to be, like, fully squared and kind of think about it. He, He knows he's getting ready to shoot this ball. Like, it's not something that all players have a knack for. And I think he's already shown it in his rookie season he probably showed it at, at Bama as well, just the ability to catch, turn, square. And he doesn't need to be facing the basket 100% of the time. Like, he can get it on the turn. And this is from, like, 26, 27-plus feet, which uh, from this game, too, like, he hit a couple of these, like, you know, a couple feet behind the, the three-point mm-hmm. line. And this is something that I put out on uh, on Twitter the other day, but his average three-point shot from above the break threes is over 27 feet with places him in the 90th percentile. So he's got the range too, especially for a team that that really lacks spacing and can get clogged sometimes. You need a player like this that can extend it, especially early in offense where, you know, players are getting back and um, you can kind of use the space to your advantage. So yeah, that's, that's one thing that, you know, I've noticed and pinpointed as well, just the ability to catch, turn, and square all in one motion. Yeah. Like, it's almost like he's, a J.J. Redick type of thing. He's perpendicular to the rim, like when he catches the ball. Like, it's a really impressive turn. Uh, we talked about the um, – it was the, the Sacramento three that he hit um, uh-huh. off the Bridges post-up action, you know, him spinning on the right foot on that look. Maybe not quite as, like, dramatic of a turn – but here it's same. It's inside. It's opposite foot, but it's a, it's an inside foot, and his ability to turn on that, uh, you know, really impressive. And and like I mean, he's enough of like a, a sort of like an you know student of the game, intelligent mover that like if Gordon doesn't try to shoot the gap on this one and just tries to like, uh, you know, lock and and go you know tra- trail him underneath, the Miller Miller knows to like curl this screen. He'll try to get Gordon on his hip. You know, and try to like, you know, jail dribble, get downhill into the paint a little bit. But like, yeah, this is probably like best case for him is where instead of having to like go through that process, he can just uh, given the read here, he can just sort of like, yeah, turn, you know, catch, pivot, shoot all in one fluid motion. And uh, yeah, again, the the archetype for him, you know, uh, coming out of Bama and into the draft was. Um, you know, grab it. Could he be a gravity bending movement shooter? Um, you know, I don't think we're, <laughs> I don't think we're there yet. You know, that kind of guy who could also give you some on ball pick and roll chops as a, you know, jumbo six and, you know, six foot nine, uh, pick and roll creator. Um, and I think there are reasons. I think, I think so far what we've seen is rookie season. It's been 36, you know, 32 games so far. Um, I think there are reasons to certainly buy into the hope that that one, if not both of those can come to fruition. And, and really the movement shooting is the is uh, the thing that really does sort of like light up for him. And again, the way he continues to shoot these hit these types of shots, how that may change coverages going forward. And then what can that open up for him as a passer? Um, 
you know, coming off of screens and stuff like that too. We sort of talked talked about that a little bit in in, in the Minnesota yeah. clip too. You know, if he continues to make shots like this, then yeah, he may end up influencing some coverage. And then what does that open up for Charlotte's offense uh, when, when Miller can be sort of like a second touch playmaker? Yeah, if Gordon had played this like Conley, where he did go over the top, he, it would force the curl, like you said. But I think I think I think Miller prefers to kind of have that guy shoot the gap and and get all this. I paused it here because I wondered if he could have like drifted backwards. I know his momentum has kind of taken him towards the top of the key, but with the way that Gordon is shooting the gap, like there's a ton of space. I mean, obviously, Ishtar yeah. would have to be on the same page as Miller, but he could kind of backpedal here and be even more yeah. open. Yeah, like fade the fade. screen, kind yeah. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, certainly, yes, that is like a, that is another like way to read this. Yeah. I don't know how close Gordon was to actually getting the steal, but... Uh, Let's actually see. No, it wasn't actually that close. It was, it's still a pretty good contest for yeah. Gordon. Like you said, he does get hung up on, like, you know, Richards gets, like, enough of him with the screen um, that it does sort of force uh, Gordon to, um, like, have to close yeah. out as opposed to, like, just, like, gunning for the uh, the steal here. But, yeah, it's just a big-time shot by, uh, um, by Miller there. Big time shot in a 25-24 game for the Hornets and an eight-win season. Yeah, we're with. <laughs> <laughs> I will say some of these clips we've shown the the Magic was a four-point game, yeah. um, and the Minnesota was like a two or a four-point game in in the clip we we showed a second ago too. Um, I had this uh, one solo pod. I, bl- I believe it was a solo pod. Somebody asked about um, Miller's like shot release and his arc, and someone said because I don't I didn't watch enough Bama to know this answer, but. I just went back and watched a couple of clips of him in terms of his arc. They said it was low coming out of Alabama. But when I watched this clip, to me, it's got plenty of arc. I, I don't know. Was that a concern coming out of Alabama? Maybe a shot was a little bit flat. I uh, did you hear that. I'd have to go back and like check my own notes or something like that. I, I don't remember. Like Certainly, you know, don't think of him as being a guy who shot like a, a moon ball right. or anything like that. Um, I sort of think of him also having like, Sort of like a not super high release for a for a six nine uh, shooter, but I'd have to double check. I don't remember the sort of like lack of arc uh, part of his rep, but I'd have to like go back and check like whatever I had on him as a as a prospect. But off the top of my head, I don't remember that being a uh, a concern. Okay. Yeah, it's a big concern. All right, the uh, fifth and final clip, fourth one on offense here is against Houston. I wish I would have included a little bit more of these clips uh, in terms of just kind of his mid-range attempts because yeah. I believe he's you know he's an above-average mid mid-range shooter like he's not like blowing it out of the water but he definitely has some ability in this area and this is not a close game well not not really a close game here as Hornets are on the road against Houston now seventy nine ninety four and he's given the ball kind of out of this horns alignment elbow get act where he comes off this screen from Richards and, you know, pulls up for this left elbow jumper. And I do think, kind of like the the little jab step he had earlier, the little ball fake here to Rozier, like obviously Dylan Brooks doesn't know how open or how not open Rozier is on that cut, but it does create enough space to where he can get over the top of of the screen by Richards. And kind of like the um, the Minnesota game, where this is obviously farther from the basket, but he has options. Like, does he want to? Does he want to drive on Landale here? Like, is that is that an option? Does he want to throw the lob to Richards, 
Or number three, does he do exactly what he does here and pull up for the mid-range shot? So I think maybe this was his best option here. There was just a little bit of a, a back step right there by Jock as, as he was on his heels a bit. Mm -hmm. And there was enough space for Miller to rise and drill this 15-footer. I do love how his, just generally speaking, but also on this clip here, like his mechanics don't really change or speed up. And I think that's something that Clifford has mentioned just in general. Like he, he can't be sped up. And he knows that there's an opportunity for a shot, but he also knows it's going to be like semi-contested here. He knows it's coming, but he just kind of pops right into his shot with a little bit of calmness. Like he's a, he's a calm player. And I think that's something that you don't see a lot out of a rookie, but like that little ball fake right there, you know, maybe not crazy, but it, it does give him a little bit of space because Dylan Brooks is just kind of up chest to chest with him. Yeah, I mean it's a very good wing defender um that he that he's going toe to toe with on that little elbow get you know pick and roll action. Um we've seen them run this occasionally with him this season giving him some of those like, you know, Gordon Hayward type pick and roll looks. Like when he does get uh to run ball screen action, it, it's usually stuff that's from the Gordon Gordon part of the like wing ball handling playbook. Um, and yeah, it's not like a super smooth switch here by Houston. You know, you mentioned Landell's uh, first step or half step is is away from Miller and, and back towards the rim and, and, and into the paint. And that just gives, uh, you know, Miller the you know, a clean look, like a very clean look from 15 feet, which, um, you know, he's probably going to shoot a, a decent uh, percentage on um, throughout the season. Yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see like some of those like those like elbow get pick and rolls like this can be a really good read or a good opportunity to get like, um, you know, whether it's the, in this case, he's playing the, the three, I guess, with PJ at the four stashed in the corner, but uh, it's really a good opportunity to get like either the, the three or the four, like the, that four, five or three, five screen action. And, and sometimes you can get the, the, the center on a slip or, or a lob. Um, I mean, it doesn't look like that was really there with, with uh, Brooks, being so physical with Richards and Richards, not exactly like the like bounciest uh, center, but yeah, just love the poise from, from Miller, like, um, you know, in, in traffic until he's wide open there at the end. And I think we've just seen some bit, some of those like pieces of patient shot making for Miller this season where he's being asked to carry a, a big chunk of, of the offense. And, and that's great. But him really having to like, fight for what's his on the court uh, coming off screens, whether it's, you know, uh, a pin down on a, on a, on a half court set or him trying to come off a screen on a baseline out of bounds or a, a ball screen at the elbow. Um, and I think he's done a, a decent job uh, trying to like free himself and to stick with the play. Um, I think he's been overtaxed this season. That was predictable. Once LaMelo went down, I think it took a little bit, I thought I thought he was pretty stable the first like week or two. Not like the team was playing well, but like I thought Miller's own sort of like offensive performance was stable. And then it and then it's really been the last like month or so. Um, Miller for the season now on in the pick and roll, uh, zero point seven eight points per possession when he uses the possession uh, with an effective shooting rate or, or shooting percentage, I should say, of of forty one. 0.4% Miller is shooting 39% on twos out of the pick and roll um, and 43% uh, on threes, but with, with pretty low 
uh, pretty low volume. Um, sometimes with some guys, you probably want to like loop, I think, handoff plays into their pick and roll looks. But Miller's handoffs are so much more like catch and shoot, you know, catch and finish. They're not these sort of like uh, um, more isolated, like playmaking opportunities, you know. So I, I won't loop those numbers in. But Miller, Miller shot like a, a decent percentage on handoffs from three, uh, according to Synergy, seven of 11 on handoff three-point attempts uh, so far this season, which uh, is good to see because I think he, I think he's going to get a lot of those looks going forward. And then if he continues to make them, then what does that open up for him as a, as a playmaker? But yeah, like, again, Richie, I think you and I said this um, when we did the Miller, like the last like Miller scouting pod uh, right after the draft. And it's, so it's cool to do this check-in with him a few months later at, at basically the midpoint of uh, of his rookie season. But like one of the things we said was he needs to win in the mid in the mid range, yeah. um, just because of some of the half court limitations, whether it's how he handles pressure uh, with his own handle, like how functional can that be, and then just given some of the interior live ball finishing limitations. You know where and how can he make up for that? Some of that sort of stuff, and that's by eventually, hopefully, uh, being like pretty, pretty airtight um, in in the mid range. But but no, this is good stuff from uh, from Miller, and I'd like to see uh, you know it's another thing that I'd like to see more of as the uh, the season um, sort of like uh, moves along. All right, well, I definitely enjoyed this. Uh, like you said, doing like a little mini check in halfway through the season with Brandon Miller. We will definitely talk about some of the stuff that's heading up towards the the trade deadline. Uh, we'll talk about Mitch Kupchak. We'll talk about potential coaching changes. Uh, but we're just going to let that play out the closer we get to the end of the season. Uh, I know that the Hornets basketball viewing pleasure is probably pretty low right now. People are kind of tuned out. Uh, like Brian, you can kind of be a little bit more um, choosy with how you watch it. I, I'm watching more games on delay where I can you know skip yeah. all the, the commercials and, and stuff like that. But uh we will see the direction on, in terms of where the Hornets are headed, but obviously Brandon Miller is going to play a big factor in how they move forward, and he is definitely a guy that is uh, untouchable in terms of uh, how they approach the trade deadline season. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. There is a video version out, a audio version out. The Substack subscribers will get this a day early. If you want to look into that, that's buzzbeat.substack.com. For Brian, I'm Richie. We will talk to you guys later. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.